Well, hey, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. We're just so happy to have you. My name is David. I'm on staff at Frontline Church and also with the Zero Collective. So it's just really good to have you and to be with you today. Uh, I hope your Christmas was great. Uh, I know for me and for all of us, this Christmas just looked a lot different this year. And uh, if you're anything like me, uh, I cannot wait to have 2020 in the rearview mirror. You know what I mean? I, I don't think any of us saw it coming. I don't know how we could have seen it coming. Uh, but just this year has been full of um, even some highs and some lows. It, it doesn't matter if we're talking uh, about the economy or as a nation or as a world. It doesn't matter if we're talking about division or the virus or the election. I mean, there are so many different factors and so many different things that played into the year 2020. And for me, most of them, I'm, I'm just done with. I'm just ready to, to, to turn the page, to head into 2021 and not look back. And I think it's true for many of you, but here, here's what's funny. What if 2021 isn't all that we hope it will be? What if, what if 2021 isn't like the green pastures and better on the other side and turn a page new year? What if 2021 actually disappoints us in what we were hoping for? What if 2021 things actually don't get better? What if things actually get worse? What would that say about us as a people or us as a church or maybe even more importantly, what would that say about God? What's so awesome about what we're going to jump into today and what we're going to study, it comes out of the book of Leviticus. Uh, it's The Israelite people actually have a whole lot in common with what we might experience here in the next coming months and even years. Uh, imagine the Israelite people. So God's chosen people through Abraham. He says, Abraham, you will be my people. I will be your God and I will bless the world through you. And then just a few generations later, the entire Israelite people, God's chosen people are enslaved and in bondage in Egypt, not just for a year or two years or 10 years or, or even a century. For 430 years, God's people are bound. They are enslaved in Egypt. And so God sends Moses. He goes before Pharaoh. Many of you have heard the story. God goes before Pharaoh, or, or Moses goes before Pharaoh, and he says, God told me to let my people go and do it now. Let them go. And so Pharaoh and Moses go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. God sends plague after plague after plague. And finally, Pharaoh releases the people. So imagine you're an Israelite. You've been in bondage. The only thing you've known, the only thing you've grown up with is slavery. The only thing you've known is forced labor. The only thing you've known is a lack of freedom. And so now what you've been told and what you've been promised is I am gonna lead you, right? Let's say Moses, I'm gonna lead you to the promised land that God has set aside for you. I mean, just think about the excitement. Think about finally, we're gonna turn the page. Finally, things are gonna get better. Finally, we're gonna own our own place. Finally, we're gonna have our own lot. Finally, we're gonna have our own jobs. Finally, it's about to be here. And then what happens is they don't go straight into the promised land. What happens is they spend another 40 years wandering around in the desert. I mean, can, can you imagine this? You go 430 years of bondage to then 40 years of slavery or, or of just lostness. I mean, you go from being a slave to Egypt to being a slave to the land. You're just homeless. You're going place to place to place to place to place. And finally, you've had enough. Finally, you're like, we're, we're so close. I can feel it. I can sense it. God is nearing us. He's bringing us close to the promised land that he has promised. And then here's what the Lord speaks to his people in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 23. It says this, God says this to his people, when you enter the land and plant any kind of fruit tree, regard its fruit as forbidden. For three years, you are to consider it forbidden. It must not be eaten. In the fourth year, all of its fruit will be holy, an offering of praise to the Lord. But in the fifth year, you may eat its fruit. 
In this way, your harvest will be increased. And then it just closes. God says this, I am the Lord, your God. Are you kidding me? I mean, can you imagine the Israelite people, 430 years of slavery, 40 years of homelessness, and now you're approaching, you're almost there, you're almost, you have it in your sights, you're close. I mean, it's like today, December 27, we are so close to 2021, we, we can taste like the new page, the new transition, the new, whatever it is to the new year. We're so close. So many of us want it so desperately, just like the Israelite people did. And then God spoke and he spoke to his people and he said, the thing you've desired, the thing that you want so badly, wait. You can't touch it yet. It's not coming yet. Why? Why would God do that to his people? Let me ask you a different question. Why would God allow a year like 2020 to happen to us the way that it did? Why would he allow that to happen to his church? Is it possible that God is at work doing something in the Israelite people in this passage and in the church that exists today and in the world that maybe we don't see, that maybe we haven't realized yet, that maybe we haven't caught on to. Here, here's the other question. Is it possible that they desired the promised land more than the promised one? Is it possible the Israelite people were so focused on what they will get from God rather than God himself? That's why he closes. That's why the last thing God says, he reminds them, I am the Lord your God. This thing that you've desired, this thing that you've longed for, this thing that you've waited for will not fix what you're hoping it will. It will not provide, it will not do for you what you hope and pray and have pleaded that it will do. And I think the same is true for us. I don't think 2021 is gonna deliver us what we think or hope it will. That's a horrible story. That's a horrible passage. That's a horrible line to hear on December 27, right before we're about to start a new year. But I think it's realistic. I don't think 2021 is gonna be the year that many of us hope it will be. But I, that doesn't mean that 2021 will be a waste. And it doesn't mean 2021 will be a loss. I think maybe what we're looking for or what we're hoping for, God is at work tilling and unearthing and moving in his church right now in preparation for something much bigger and much grander than maybe some of the short-sighted things that it's easy for us to focus on. Uh, if you know me or if you've heard me or interacted with me before, you know a lot of times I tell people I'm from Chicago. Uh, I spent a, a decent chunk of my childhood growing up in the Chicago suburbs, but even before I lived in Chicago, I actually lived in a tiny little town in central Illinois called Lexington. Uh, it was a farm town. It was a, a town of 12,000 people. And so I was surrounded by cornfields all, on all sides. And the house that I lived in, uh, we had a backyard, which then there was like a really, it was like a 35 mile an hour road. And across from the road was thousands of upon thousands upon thousands of acres of farmland. And something I just appreciated as I got older was looking back and it's just, it's the realization that the way life works and the way God has orchestrated life is in seasons. There's a plow season of just preparation and cultivation of the soil. There's a sow season in which farmers go out and they actually plant their seed. There's a grow season in which the plants actually mature and they get ready for ripening. And then there's actually a harvest season in which the farmer goes back out into the field and gains and gets a return on all of his work, on all of the process, on all of the time that led up. My favorite season is harvest season. 
I, I don't know about you. I love going to the farmer's market. I love the fresh corn. I love watching the combines in the field and the tractors and seeing the dump trucks full of crops and trailers. I, I just love, it's fun for me because it's like, finally, we're getting a return on our labor and it's fun to watch fruit happen. I love harvest seasons in other areas of my life too. In fact, if I'm being super honest with you, if I was in charge of my own world, there would be one season, not many seasons. There would be one season and it would be harvest season all the time. I mean, I'm talking about financially. Uh, It's like, man, I love when the stock market does well. I just do. I I love when I'm getting a regular paycheck. It just feels good. I I love when I get promoted. Monetarily, it's a harvest season is a great season. I also love a harvest season in my health. I love when things are working appropriately. I, I love when things don't break. Just this last week, my foot started hurting for no other reason. I went, I'm, I'm aging already. I hate this, right? Some of you can relate to that. I love a harvest season when I'm at my best, when I feel my best, when things are working the best. I love a harvest season relationally. Maybe that's in, in my marriage. Maybe that's as a parent. Maybe that's in my relationship with in-laws or my immediate family or, or whatever it is. I love harvest season, harvest season, harvest season. I love when I gain something from my labor. I love when I get to appreciate it and enjoy it. Most of us are wired that way. I mean, the American dream is built on the idea of a harvest season that never ends. It's about accumulation, 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 accumulation. And it's possible that we as a people may lose sight of who God is because we're so focused on the short term and what God could provide rather than the long term in which God already provided. So just like the Israelite people, as they're getting close, they're getting close to the promised land, God reminds them, you're gonna enter into the promised land, but you're not to touch. You're not to harvest. In fact, you're supposed to treat it as, as forbidden or poisonous or detrimental. Don't even touch it. Don't, don't do anything with it because I am the Lord, your God. Not your stuff, not the economy, not your freedom, not your health, not your family, not your marriage, not your plan, not your way, not your life. I am the Lord, your God. And the reminder that God gives his people is so significant. I, I wanna ask us this question. Have we been in a season of harvest spiritually? I mean, what do you think of when I say like a harvest season spiritually? Here's what I think of. I think of droves of people coming to faith in Jesus. I mean, hundreds, if not thousands, like, like what we read about in the book of Acts, where thousands upon thousands upon thousands are added every single day to the cause of of Christ. Here's what else I think about harvest season, a move of the Holy Spirit that's undeniable from both inside the church and outside the church. Are we seeing that? Have we seen that? Here's another harvest season, people who are willing to lay down everything, to sell their homes, to leave their jobs, to to sell everything they own, to move overseas, to move elsewhere, to to downsize, to do whatever it takes to to further the gospel in their context or in another context. Are, Are we seeing that? Or is it possible that we've enjoyed a harvest season in so many other areas of life that we've lost track of the harvest season that maybe God is stirring or preparing in us on a spiritual basis? I just have to tell you, I told you at the beginning, I don't think 2021 is gonna be a harvest season for us in many of the areas we are hoping it will. I don't know if a president is gonna fix anything. I don't know if a vaccine is gonna fix anything. 
I don't know if new policies or, or new relationships or new, I don't know if a lot of that is gonna fix very much of anything in our culture, in our context, or even our church. But I think what will change everything is if the church, if people, average ordinary people like you and me can come before our heavenly father and humble ourselves and say, I am in this for your harvest, Lord, because you are the Lord, my God. I think if we changed our posture towards the Lord and if we started looking for a different type of harvest, I think 2021 could be the most unbelievable harvest season that maybe we've ever even experienced. Maybe it's just the start. Maybe it won't happen in 2021. Maybe it won't happen for a year or two years or five years or 10 years, but maybe what God is doing right now is preparing his church, preparing people like you and me for a harvest season spiritually that will rival any other season of our lives. Anything that, that even parents or grandparents or great-grandparents that could pale in comparison any sort of spiritual harvest that they ever endured or lived through or experienced. I think God may be up to something so much bigger and so much greater than we ever realized. But just like the Israelite people, if we're focused on the wrong thing, we could miss it. I just gotta tell you, this year has been a really interesting year as a pastor um, because part of my role is to walk with people. Part of my role is to, to sit down, whether it's at a meal or at coffee or in my office and talk through life, talk through how, how things are going, talk through about spiritual things, matters of the heart, struggles in marriage or in parenting or in family or in relationships with God, wounds and brokenness and things that kind of bubble up to the surface when things get tough. Part of my role is to sit down and walk with people. And, and I gotta be honest with you, I, I have my own stuff too. And so this year has been a, a significant struggle, but here's the thing that makes me sad. So many people this year have checked out of their faith. Not because of COVID, I think in the name of COVID. I think there are so many people that are taking advantage right now of the opportunity to, to take their foot off the gas in their relationship with God and kind of just coast. I think so many people right now are, are taking advantage of the opportunity not to, to attend or to be a part of, of a Christian community. I think a lot of people are dropping off of groups. I think a lot of people are stopping giving. I think a lot of people are stopping sharing the gospel. I think a lot of people are just kind of receding and pulling back and, and, and loosening the pressure of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. They're, they're kind of just checking out. And again, I don't think it's because of COVID, but I, I've heard person after person, name after name, story after story of people making decisions to step back, to pull out and to disengage spiritually in the name of COVID. And that makes me sad. I mean, just more than anything, that, that makes me sad. Because I think if I look at the Israelite people about to enter into the promised land, I mean, it's like this. It's as if God prevented his people from settling for a physical harvest so that they would keep their eyes on him for the spiritual harvest that was coming their way. I think there is a significant spiritual harvest that is at hand. And I think if we're so focused on the things that we're losing right now, or are so focused on gaining back what we've already lost, we could miss it. And that's a scary place to be as a follower of Jesus. I, I'm so excited about the season that we're heading into. 
and it's not a calendar year type of season. I, it's a spiritual season. I think what God is doing right now is he is stirring his church. He is waking his church up. He's waking people up. He's waking disciples up. He's waking whole countries up and cultures and people groups. He is awakening his church and bringing them together for what I think is going to be an extraordinary spiritual harvest. And I want to be a part of it. I, I really do. And, and I think if you're watching this, if you've made it this far in the sermon, you probably want to be a part of it too. I mean, the big question is, well, then how? How, how can I actually be a part of it? I, what I want you to hear is there's an invitation on the table today for everyone to step in, to engage, and to say, Father, I'm willing to humble myself to follow you so that I might see and be a part of your harvest, the, the thing that you've been cultivating, the thing that you've been working, the thing that you've been growing, the thing that is about to ripen. Father, I want to be a part of that season of harvesting. There's an invitation on the table for all of us. This is what Jesus says. This is Matthew chapter nine, verse 35. Uh, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, and, and catch this, so important. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, the harvest is great, the harvest is huge, the harvest is ripe, the harvest is there for the taking, but the, the workers are few. Verse 38, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. When the harvest season rolls around in a spiritual sense, don't you want to be one of the workers that's ready and able and willing to be sent in? I, I don't know what that looks like yet. I really don't. But here's the question. Are, are you training? Are you practicing? Are you discerning? Are, are you learning right now how to discern, discern the voice of the Holy Spirit so that when he sends you in somewhere for a harvest, when he sends you into your work context, when he sends you into another country, when he sends you back to your family, when he sends you anywhere else you can think of, this thing that maybe God's been stirring in you or working in you or, or calling you to in your heart, maybe for a, a couple weeks, maybe for a couple months, maybe for years, God has been stirring this hunger, this desire to step into a context on his behalf. Don't you want to be able to hear and understand and be ready when God says, I'm sending you into this field because there is a spiritual harvest that is ripe for the taking? Don't you want to be a part of that? What is God inviting to you right now that can actually have significant spiritual implications later? I mean, here, a couple of examples I just gave you. Are you learning to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit right now in your life? Are you looking for opportunities to share your testimony, the story about God working in your life? Are you looking for opportunities to share that with people who need the gospel in your context? Are you taking ownership of discipling your children in your own home? Are you taking your relationship with God deeper through his word? Or, or like all of these things, like so many of us have done for so much of our lives, are you expecting others still to do that on your behalf? I think what God is inviting us to right now 
in this season, in a season where so many of us set new resolutions. We set new goals and new desires and we wanna turn the page to do something new. Can I just extend this invitation to you? Are you willing to be a harvester in the kingdom of God in this next season of life? And, and maybe you won't experience it financially. Maybe you won't experience it relationally. Maybe you won't experience it in your health, but, but I promise you, you could experience it spiritually in the kingdom of God, if you were willing to step in and submit and say, Father, here I am. I'll, I'll go where you want me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I'll do whatever it is you want me to do. I'll give whatever it is you want me to give because I want to be one of the harvesters that are sent into the field by you, Father, to get the harvest that you have been cultivating, the thing that you've been preparing for, the thing that you have seen coming long, long before even the foundation of the earth was laid. Father, I wanna be a part of that with you. That's what I feel like the invitation is that's on the table for us today. I think God is giving it to us. I think he's inviting us saying, just step in, just come in, just come be a part of this because it's greater than anything that's short-term or tangible that you could see right in front of you. I can't help but think, as the Israelite people are about to enter into the promised land, and I wonder if God said, I'm gonna withhold this, this fruit or this harvest or this land, I'm gonna hold it back even just a little bit longer as a final reminder that they can be reliant on me, that they can trust me to provide that they can trust me to take care of them, that they can trust me to protect them, that it doesn't have to be on them, it doesn't have to be by themselves, but that it's in me and through me and by me that God has been doing this for his people and for his church from the very beginning of creation because this, what God said to Abraham early on in Genesis when he said, I will be your God, you will be my people, and I'm gonna turn your people, Abraham, your descendants, your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, your entire line, I'm gonna use them. I'm gonna invite them to be a part of my church as agents of change for the world because it is all building up and culminating with the person of Jesus. That the harvest God was intending all along was a spiritual harvest of souls not of economies, not of health for our bodies, not even just of relationships, but of one significant relationship, our relationship with him, our heavenly father through his son, Jesus. That is what God's desire has been all along. I mentioned at the top, I'm part of the Zero Collective. It's a group of churches. There's there's four different churches right now that are a part of um, even this service that we're sharing this with. And we know we're showing this in other places too. But there's one church that's a part of our collective right now um, that has been through a really significant season this last year. Uh, it's called Center Church down in Byron Center. And they're a smaller church. They've been meeting in a school for years and years and years. And they felt like as they've been discerning, we feel like God is leading us to a more permanent place in our community. And so as they were getting excited and gearing up and talking and casting vision, this was even earlier this year, this thing called COVID hit and it almost sidelined everything. And what was so funny is, is they continued to discern, they continued to ask, they continued, they said, Father, would you please show us, is this what you actually want for us as a church? Do you want us out of the school, out of a temporary location? Do you want us actually in a permanent location in our community so that we could have a greater impact? Do you want that or don't you want that? because we're willing to submit either way. And so they discerned and they prayed together and they said, we feel like God is calling us to do this, but the money that was required was an exorbitant amount. 
I mean, it, it was to the point that, that most people, if they were outside looking in, would go, it's impossible. There's no way they could come up with that. They did a prayer campaign. They just prayed together. They said, here's our goal. Here's our desire. We wanna be spiritual harvesters in our community. And so if God thinks that a building is gonna enable us to do that the most effectively, then we wanna do that. And so they prayed and they discerned and God provided so much more than what they needed. I think if I could tell you real numbers, I think the actual number was somewhere around 80,000 and they raised even over $100,000. That money came in from all over the place. It was as if God said, I am the Lord, your God. You follow me, I'll provide. You follow me, I'll protect. You follow me, I'll go before you. I'll establish this for you. I want you here. If you follow me, and, and this is what they did, and God provide, and he provided a place. And so here's, here's what I love about this. In a season when money is already tight, this church gave more. In a season where people are already isolated, they chose to come together. In a season that's focused on the individual, they are focused on their community because what they're sensing is a spiritual harvest season that is on the horizon and they're not the only ones. Another church that's a part of our network is building a hygiene pantry because it's a significant need in their community. Another church is committing to an entire year of serving for the next year, 2021, engaging everybody in their church to serve and make an impact in their community. Another church is already increasing their community engagement and partnering with local school districts who have just been hammered by this virus this year. I mean, all of these churches, all of these people, all of these individuals are saying, I wanna be a part of a significant spiritual harvest that we believe God is at work doing. And so I just want to ask you this question. What about you? What about you? As you look to the next year or as you look to the next season, what is it that God is calling you to be a part of? What, what do you want to harvest spiritually a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now in your marriage or in your family? in you personally, in your neighborhood, in your community, maybe all around the world. I think this, the harvest fields are gonna be right so soon for a harvest season that we've never seen before. The people who turn and are ready to give their lives to the Lord, that wanna serve him. I think we're gonna be ascending church in Grand Rapids and all over the place. I think, I think we're gonna be a church that loves our community, that is known in our community, that becomes a pillar in our community, in our communities all over the place. My question to you is, do you want to be a part of it? Because what if the harvest season, just like the Israelites, that God has for us, is greater than the harvest season that we desire individually. Are you willing to let some of those expectations go? Financial, maybe there's security, maybe it's provision, maybe it's job, maybe it's where you live, maybe it's the home you're in. Are you willing to let that go for the sake of a spiritual harvest that God has invited us to be a part of in this next season? I just wanna close with this. What are you doing today to get there? There's a couple ideas. Maybe what you need to do is focus on your relationship with God right now. Maybe some of you are, are, are similar to the people I, I talked about earlier who have just maybe disengaged this last season. Maybe you need to spend some time sitting with your heavenly father and just, just going back to him and say, Father, here I am. Would you meet me in this place? Some of you need to step up and take responsibility for the spiritual health and well-being of your family. And, and maybe that's in a marriage 
Maybe that's in kids, maybe that's with grandkids, maybe that's extended family, but some of you need to step up and say, I'm taking responsibility for this family's spiritual health and we're gonna make some changes as a result. Maybe some of you need to make significant changes in your life to make yourself available to the Holy Spirit's working in your life. I think some of us have so far committed or overscheduled ourselves or, or made so many decisions that there isn't room for the Holy Spirit to come in and guide like he can. And so some of us just need to make ourselves and our lives available for him to do that. Some of you need to prepare to move. Some of you maybe need to learn a new language. Some of you maybe need to downsize. Some of you maybe just need to submit to what God has been stirring on your heart for a long, long time. I just wanna encourage you. It is worth it. It is so worth it to give your life up for the sake of the gospel because it, what Paul even describes in the New Testament is that's where you will find life. It's when you can give up and let go of what you've longed for, hoped for, and desired and say, Father, make my desires your desires. I believe God is gonna move in a powerful, powerful way over this next season. And I want you to be a part of it I want all of us to be a part of it. Just wanna read this one last time. Just Matthew chapter nine, verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Let's just pray together. Father, we just pray right now, just every person that's watching this, you know their context, you know their job, you know their housing situation, you know their financial situation, you know all of it, Father. So right now, we just pray that you would stir in the hearts of your people, that if those haven't, give, they haven't given their lives to you yet, or they've walked away from you, I pray that right now, this is a space and a season where they can come back and submit to you and say, Father, you are my God, just like you said to the Israelite people, I am the Lord your God. Father, many of us just need to hear those words from you. That is, Jesus was on the cross and he died for our sins. He died for us specifically. Father, I think there's many others of us that just need to repent. We just need to apologize and turn from our ways and say, Father, I've made my life about me rather than about you. And I've made this next season be about what I want and what I think and what I feel rather than what you want or what you think or what you feel. So Father, we just repent and we just come back before you. Father, I pray right now that you would raise up leaders, that you would stir in the hearts of your people and speak to them in a way that only you can to prepare us, to engage us, to equip us, and to call us to be a part of this harvest, Father, that feels like it is so close that people are ready to give their lives, give their hearts to you. Father, allow us, allow us to respond by saying this, here I am, Lord, send me. I'm willing. Father, do a work in our world in a way that only you can. We love you and we thank you for the invitation to be a part of it. And we pray this right now in the name of Jesus. And everybody said at home, amen.